Mark My Words shares Mark Homer's contrarian views on investing, business, finance, economics, and all things money. Mark interviews the world's most successful business, finance, and money experts, as well as imparting his knowledge in a factual, direct, and no-nonsense manner. Welcome to Mark My Words, and here is your host, Mark Homer. Welcome to Mark My Words. We are in my office today. This is where it all takes place. Uh, we're going to go through various articles in the media. So let's get started with the affairs of the day. Okay, so the first article of note is that Jeremy Hunt is looking at reintroducing a help-to-buy type scheme with a 99% a loan-to-value mortgage. Um, I suppose in terms of the finance, in many ways, the substance um, is the same or similar to help to buy. So the government is providing uh, some sort of guarantee to the banks. Uh, I guess they may be um, taking an equity stake, uh, or that's what they're thinking about doing in, in properties. But critically, and I think this is where the difference is, and I think this can potentially make this a lot better for first-time buyers. And I know if my son was ready to buy, I would be a lot more interested in this than the original help to buy scheme. It looks to me like they're going to allow this on existing properties. Um, so, you know, he's it's not decided yet, it's not sort of concluded, but um, at the moment the talk is that um, you'll be able to go and find a property maybe that needs a little bit of work, uh, put a very small deposit in if you're a first-time buyer, um, and therefore you're going to be adding value. The big issue with um, help to buy was originally was that it was only available on new build properties and most of those were one and two bed flats and what used to happen round here was you get a say a one bed flat that was 175,000 ordinarily and they'd sell it on help to buy for maybe 220 uh, because first time buyers often less experienced uh, were happy to pay more money um, and you know they did it because it enabled them to get on the housing ladder using this scheme. But it, it, uh, I think lots of people have accepted that uh, it was a great uh, gravy train for the developers. Um, it kept construction rolling, which was good in many ways, um, but um, they were making a hell of a lot of money out of these flats, uh, selling them than really more than the market value, which probably put the purchaser at risk certainly put um, the, the government uh, and the lender at, at slightly more risk as well. Uh, so I do think doing it on existing properties would be a good thing. Lots of people are saying, oh, it's going back to Northern Rock and um, this is uh, risky lending. And I suppose in some ways it is, but I don't think it'll be a bank lending 99%. I, I suspect there'll be a government guarantee there. Uh, and if the uh, loan isn't paid, I suspect the lender won't take uh, the full loss here. They may be only in for 85, 90%, so they're probably going up to uh, what they normally would do. Uh, and I think the government takes the extra risk and they may be taking an equity share. So I don't know, they may be making some money out of the rise in the value of these properties over time which will probably negate any losses that they make from properties that need to be repossessed. Clearly the fundamental problem here is our planning system. Um, the laws that were passed sort of post-war 50s, you know, established the, the green belt uh, to prevent urban sprawl. Um, there have been many um, attempts at 
reforming these laws recently. We saw a by-election uh, where the Tories got a good kicking for trying uh, and they seem to have shied away from it. But the, the critical issue here is um, that there are not enough properties being built and most of that is because of the planning system. Uh, most of it is planning officers and consultees being slow, um, developers not having the confidence because they're not sure if they are going to get planning consent within a reasonable period of time uh, and therefore um, less gets built. So the housing target is 300,000 um, per annum that um, David Cameron decided that we were going to build. Government's got nowhere near it, uh, they've just sort of touched 200,000, something like that. Um, Keir Starmer's come out with uh, his housing target which is 1.5 million over five years. Divide 1.5 million um, by five years you get back to 300,000. Uh, they're not building anywhere near enough, most of it because of the issues with the planning system. Um, this does deal with um, first-time buyers and, and helps them get on, on the ladder, but it also does stoke price increases. Uh, it'll stoke uh, demand uh, and therefore you know, prices will, will rise in the areas where these first-time buyers are using this special finance scheme to buy. So that does in some ways exacerbate the problem. So the next story I'm going to talk about is ground rents uh, and freeholders. Uh, I've got an article here, uh, looks like, yes it's the Guardian, what a surprise and we've got Mr uh, McCluskey, uh, one of the union leaders, uh, talking about how freeholders are living off a renter structure with exorbitant ground rent. Um, I suppose he has got a bit of a point where in some cases ground rents of £8,000 a year are being charged um, you know, and, and there are massive service charges on, on some flats and um, I'm, I'm just dealing with an issue with a, uh, uh, a right to manage company at the moment where it looks like they're, uh, they're attempting to fleece us. However, uh, there is a consultation which has come out. Uh, government have just concluded it on last week on January the 17th. Uh, and this is looking to cap ground rents potentially uh, at a peppercorn. So you, you cap ground rents at, at one pound. That would be on existing leases. You are, you are taking a lot of value away from a freeholder. These are pension schemes. This is you and I that owe these and own these in. Um, this is you and I that own these uh, in funds and in pension pension schemes. Um, so you know it is slightly questionable, uh, and I don't know if this will necessarily stand with human rights legislation and, and so on. The next thing they are talking about is setting a maximum financial value for ground rent. That's already sort of happened. Uh, if you go to a lot of lenders, uh, they are already setting it as a percentage of, of the value of the property. Often, two hundred fifty pounds a year is a is, is a maximum that I see, but with you know sort of higher value properties, uh, that does tend to go up a little bit. But lenders have already started to impose that because they can see the writing on the wall. Uh, and limi limiting ground rent to the original value when the lease was agreed, that's one potential. Uh, I'm not sure that'll fly because you could have leases that were agreed 80 years ago and inflation has, has reduced their real value down to uh, a few pounds. So uh, I'm not sure how that will work unless they inflation link it. Uh, and then freezing ground rent at current levels. Again, uh, that is tantamount to uh, capping the ground rent uh, and reducing it and eventually it will be equivalent of a peppercorn because inflation will just erode it. Um, so this is all happening now. Um, they're also talking about reducing the marriage value or maybe taking that away. 
which is the, the difference between the, what the ground rent was be worth before uh, and after a lease extension. Um, so watch this space. I don't know what they're going to do. They've been talking about this for a hell of a long time. Uh, there is talk also that they're going to ban leasehold houses. I'd understood they were already doing that. I haven't seen new build developers building leasehold houses for some time now uh, because they expect legislation to change. Uh, and I think it will change, it's just taking a long, long time. Another article we've got here uh, about homeowners having banked £102,000 profit on average uh, when they sold in 2023. This is a Guardian article again. Uh, they're saying uh, that people who bought over the previous 20 years have made over £100,000 and um, you know, isn't, isn't this uh, slightly unbelievable? Uh, and also, I suppose, being the Guardian, uh, surely it should be banned because that sounds like far too much money for anybody to, uh, to ever make on a, on a property. Surely that money should go back to the state. Well, uh, I'm not sure I agree with the Guardian because we do live in a capitalist society. Uh, and I also don't find it particularly amazing that somebody who bought a property 20 years ago has made over £100,000 on it. That's what happens. You know, average property price growth uh, would be over 8 or 9% a year. Yes, you get doom and gloom in the media, but that compounds. All that growth compounds over the years. Uh, and you probably see property, property values maybe double every 15 years, something like that. Um, you know, they, uh, they probably um, don't focus enough on, on the years uh, where you get good growth and, and focus more on the doom and gloom because that gets our attention onto the newspapers, gets us reading them, uh, and that's how they earn their money. So Rishi Sunak made five promises uh, a while ago, uh, and there's an article here asking what progress he's made. So number one was halve inflation. Well, I think he's got there. Uh, was this <laughs> really because of him? No, I think this was already baked in anyway. Um, Inflation largely went up because um, supply chains got shut during COVID and Putin went into Ukraine and, and pushed energy prices up, which seeps into so many other areas of the economy. That created a, a bit of a vicious circle, which pushed wages higher and higher, uh, and it spread into the real economy, service sector. Um, so, yes, interest rates have gone up. That's determined by the, the Bank of England, the Monetary Policy Committee, not... Um, officially by Rishi Sunak, although I imagine he and Jeremy Hunt make mm, some unofficial calls to the MPC and to the governor, uh, trying to influence them. Uh, so inflation has halved. Uh, I suspect that was going to happen anyway. And as Rishi came from um, a hedge fund background, uh, I suspect he understands how inflation works and, and what constitutes and drives inflation more than most. So. Um, Whilst, yes, it was on most people's minds and they, they wanted inflation to reduce, uh, I think he probably thought that was an easy one to, uh, to, to, to promise. Uh, second one, grow the economy. Well, he's failed dismally on that. Uh, I don't see where the new policy are, policies are. I don't see where the agenda for growth is. Uh, he certainly has, doesn't seem to have taken the civil service to task. Um, he, he doesn't seem to have dealt with a lot of the backbench MPs. Uh, and, you know, I think Liz Truss's um, ideas for growth were far more impressive, even though she clearly didn't have the skill set to deliver them uh, and tried to introduce things far too quickly. So I think he's failed uh, really badly on growing the economy and, and things don't look like they're going to change anytime soon. There are two types of politician, those who want to do something and those who want to be something. 
uh, and I think Rishi fits very firmly in the latter camp. Number three, uh, he promised to reduce debt. Uh, again, I think he's failed dismally on that front. He may have reduced debt as a percentage of GDP. I haven't looked at that. But the actual amount that we still owe as a country, it's over £2.6 trillion. Pounds. Uh, he hasn't reduced it. Uh, so I think number three is a, a big fail. Number four, cut the waiting list. Uh, I presume that refers to a hospital waiting list. Um, spoke to a friend only last week who said the NHS and uh, the ways which way in which hospitals are dealing with his customers, he runs a care company, uh, has got progressively worse every year. Uh, he said the, the, that over Christmas there were a lot of his uh, there were a lot of his uh, pensioners who, who he looks after. Uh, lying in beds in wards uh, in the local hospital. Uh, I don't think the waiting lists have reduced, certainly with um, doctors or, or getting, uh, getting surgery done. So again, I think he's failed. Number five, stop the boats. Well, he's definitely failed with that. Um, I think the boats are a bit of a sideshow. Maybe that's 70,000 people a year. I think the real story is net legal net migration. That was over 700,000 people more came to this country over the last year than left. Uh, that's another record. I mean, in the 90s, it was running below 200,000. Um, so, you know, they, they've done all sorts of deals. They've brought all sorts of people in and the families um, of those carers or of those hospital workers. Yes, we need them. Uh, but not necessarily all the people that sort of come along with them. Um, so yes, I think he's, 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 he's probably achieved number one and failed on the other four. So clearly this is too late for the next election. It looks very much like the, the Tories are going to get an almighty kicking. They clearly deserve it. Um, I just wish and hope that somebody will appear who has the gumption and the balls to take on uh, the civil service, the backbench MPs, to make those difficult decisions, uh, a la Margaret Thatcher, you know, sort out the growth agenda. You know, he, he got a huge majority, which he squandered. He could be bringing all sorts of legislation forward uh, to drive business into growth, to, to generate investment. Uh, he hasn't done any of that um, and actually it's probably become more complicated and, and confidence has reduced. So I would certainly hope that, that somebody will come forward. Who knows, maybe Mr Farage is the man, maybe, maybe somebody else. Um, but uh, I suspect Keir Starmer is just going to do more of the same. So that has been Mark Homer for Mark My Words. Mm -hmm.